And now a few extra moments with our faculty as we present case discussions that couldn't be squeezed onto the CDs, but were just too good to discard. We begin with a case presented to Drs. Huddison Swain by Dr. Susan Ludke. So this is a 32-year-old married woman, mother of two, a 4-year-old and a 2-year-old, first generation in the United States from Puerto Rico, who presented with a large right breast mass with palpable right supraclavicular nodes. Core biopsy showed that this was an estrogen receptor, progesterone receptor positive tumor. It was poorly differentiated. I don't have HER2 from back then. She very much wanted the potential to try and preserve her breast. So she received cytoxin and adria times six, followed by a lumpectomy and a lymph node dissection. She had, as I remember, minimal residual disease at that time, and subsequently underwent a bone marrow transplant, receiving melphalan VP16 and carbo as her pre-transplant chemo regimen. Subsequent to that, she had radiation therapy to the chest wall. She became amenorrheic with her chemotherapy and transplant, but refused tamoxifen at that time. In 1998, two years later, she had a local in-breast recurrence on the right side and underwent a mastectomy. She was still menstruating and at that time agreed to tamoxifen, but not ovarian ablation of any sort. She was having marital troubles, and her sexuality was very important to her. In 2001, she had a transient pregnancy, which was terminated, and fairly rapidly thereafter presented with a palpable left supraclavicular node. This was biopsied and shown to be the same type of breast cancer, estrogen receptor positive. I believe it was HER2 negative at that time. She underwent weekly chemotherapy for four cycles, basically, of paclitaxel and vinaralbine, and then subsequent to that, underwent an oophorectomy. She also had radiation therapy to the left supraclavicular fossa at the completion of her chemotherapy. Did her tumor respond to the chemotherapy? Yes. It became non-palpable. During this time, she had no other systemic disease. Subsequent to her chemotherapy and her oophorectomy and her radiation, she was placed on Femara, and that was the end of 2001, and she continues on Femara till this time, disease-free. Any comments? Obviously, you've done a great job of taking care of her, and she's doing well. Luck. To me, I mean, this whole case shows the importance of hormones in breast cancer. Sure. What's her BRCA status? She refused to have that tested. She's Puerto Rican first generation. She's a professional woman. There's no family history, but all the stigmata of the potential for genetic disease, plus some of her marital issues, she absolutely refused and has refused contralateral mastectomy as well. I mean, she just doesn't want to know. I'm not so much concerned about contralateral mastectomy. She's already had the BSO. I am concerned about her children. Yes. She has an 18-year-old daughter at this point. Yeah, I am too. Can you comment, Cliff, on the issue of PARP inhibitors? Of course, that's not out on the table for this woman at this point, but it kind of comes to mind when you talk about bracket testing. 
Yeah, so it's pretty complicated. Of course, this patient has the hormone profile that typically is not associated with BRCA1. They're typically triple negatives. The specific defect in BRCA1, the DNA repair defect, is thought to be one of several that are required for cells to recover from the normal insults that they see. And poly ADP ribosome polymerase is another enzyme that plays a role in DNA repair normally. These particular cells, the BRCA mutants, have a sensitivity to PARP inhibition because it's really the second important channel for DNA repair, and if you knock them both out, it kills those cells. So preclinically, it's very promising. In the clinic, the PARP inhibitors have been tested, and I believe at ASCO you'll get the first large breast cancer-specific data, but I think it's reasonable to say, and we're participants in the study, so we can say anecdotally that these drugs as a single agent have activity. We actually, at the last Meet the Professor Mm -hmm. session we had here, had a case presented from a community doc who had sent a triple negative young woman. I was going to get this. A triple negative is not the same thing, and we have to be pretty careful about that. The BRCA mutants are said to be the sensitive subpopulation, and at least the trial that we participated in, you had to have a BRCA mutation or have a family history consistent with that if you had not been tested. That's a smaller subpopulation of patients than to say triple negative. And the reason for the conflation of triple negative in this is that, again, the BRCA1s typically, but not 100%, will have triple negative profile. And they can have BRCA1 dysfunction. So a lot of people are looking at that in the triple negative. Right, so but, but, it makes but sense. it's not exactly the same thing yet. So it's still very much experimental, but it's very exciting. And if any of you have sent patients or participated, and I can tell you that I have patients on this trial on one pill, you know, as their only therapeutic right now for a long period of time after having been through other, you know, conventional cytotoxic. It's sort of like seeing Herceptin again. Yeah, that's the point I was going to make about this case, which is exactly that's what happened. This woman had a clear-cut response to treatment, has been on therapy for, you know, 10 or 12 months. I just think it's really difficult for people in practice when you hear about new drugs and new things happening to separate stuff out that, you know, really might, you know, have something really offer your patient. The TDM1, you know, there's no doubt about it. But I was excited when I just heard about that one woman. Yeah, no, this is a real drug. And the evidence, of course, is that there are a bunch of pharmaceutical companies with drugs in this class, and there's going to be a lot of competition, you know, for the patients and for the first bragging rights, I guess. And we're actually doing a trial with Judy Garber, who's doing the phase one with the PARP inhibitor and platinum compound. She's doing it along with Jose Baselga, and then we're going to do a phase, large phase two study in neoadjuvant setting. Any reason to think that patients without BRCA might respond? There is, and we are going to include in our study the patients who are triple negative because of a lot of work that's being done looking at potential BRCA dysfunction in those patients, too. Would anyone stop this lady's femora at any point? No. I think that your point is exactly correct about this patient because I had someone almost exactly like this, not the same drugs when I was at the NCI that I took care of for almost 20 years. She got a transplant. She got all these other stuff. She was great. We put her on every single trial. She, you know, lived through them, though I don't think we touched her with any chemotherapy we gave her. And we just made her feel bad getting the chemotherapy and having the side effects. So I think there are some patients that really do respond or stabilize to the hormonal therapy, and I think this illustrates that. Does she have any problems with the AI? Any yeah. side effects? What, I mean, she's stiff, and she's achy, and she's become somewhat osteopenic, which we're dealing with. It's not great for her sexuality, but she's taken a job where she travels a lot, so she's not around her husband that much, so it's not that important. But, you know, despite the side effects... 
I'd probably have to take her off with a crowbar if I wanted to, which Don't. I haven't wanted to. <laughs> Should Alan? she be put on Zomeda, Zolotronic acid? If she's osteopenic, are you, she's you oste- starting she's, her heart? She's on an oral bisphosphonate. I would probably use IV just because it's so easy to give, you know, once or twice a year. Gary? I have a question about supraclavicular adenopathy. Your patient presented initially with positive supraclavicular adenopathy. Is that not thought of as categorically incurable? Ipsilateral stage 3 now. It was downstaged at the last AJCC. The contralateral is a bit of a problem. The reason they downstaged it, it was because there are some patients that do well with it that are basically cured with supraclavicular adenopathy. But, I mean, she basically has metastatic disease because now it's she does, yeah. contralateral. Yeah. And genetics is becoming more interesting to me. I have a patient that is relatively young and has a very strong family history. I've been taking care of her for many years, and she had another breast cancer and finally agreed to get BRCA1 and 2. And they were both negative, and the geneticist didn't believe it, so she sent it for BART. Do you know what that is? BART, B-A-R-T. That's an epigenetic test that looks for a gene rearrangement, and that came back positive, meaning that she does have the genetic marker. So Just you want amazing. to take a shot at 20 seconds in explaining the epigenetic thing and why BRCA was negative? I don't know. That, you that, guys I know? just learned that a couple of weeks ago, and I was asking because my patient know. came in and said, they're not paying for this further testing that they're recommending, and I brought it up at our tumor board. It, it's, we'd have to pull the reference. It's probably not an epigenetic test. It's a rearrangement, you said. It's a rearrangement right. test. Okay. okay so. I think it's about 5% of the ones that are negative on the initial test right. will be positive by the BART. Right, and this relates to, and I can't describe it anymore, I understood it a while, there's a landing zone for the probes they use, and if you're missing a certain part of the landing zone, you actually cannot pick up the deletion. And the early era of BRCA testing, as you say, 5 to 10% of deletions were missed entirely. So there were patients with abnormal genetics that weren't called. Interesting. Well, fortunately, since her daughter is 18, soon you could just test the daughter. But that only gets you the half who inherit the gene. Right, but, I mean, at least she'll know her risk. If she wants to, yeah. If she wants to. (laughs) Not to echo back to my uncle-type comments. (laughs) (laughs) 